the way your brain works is it looks for easier options and the easiest option is actually suffering. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 73 of the Neuro Experience Podcast. I'm Louisa Nicola. I am your host. And today I'm going to be talking to you about the neuroscience of happiness. Let's go. Happiness has been a subject, guys, in so many different studies, and researchers study happiness using science experiments, and that's what I love. Everything should be backed up by science if we want to believe it and implement it into our lives. Now, according to UCLA neuroscience researcher Alex Korb, happiness actually starts with our thoughts. Now, when we force ourselves to think happy thoughts, it activates our brain to make us feel happier. And here are some of the findings based on his research. Number one, gratitude creates happiness. Gratitude has been defined as an emotion, a moral virtue, uh, a mood, a personality trait, and a coping response. It also has been depicted as a way of life. A recent research study showed that people who wrote gratitude letters letters reported significantly better mental health. People who practice gratitude in their daily rituals, in their mental performance plans or in their morning rituals have significantly higher and better mental states. So he also suggests that gratitude writing can be beneficial for both the healthy and those who actually struggle with mental health concerns. And moreover, gratitude boosts levels of serotonin and dopamine. Well, of course it does, because if you listen to the last Brain Hack episode, we would know that when we have negative thoughts, it actually sucks more of our mental energy out. So being more happy and having more positive thoughts and happier thoughts is, of course, going to boost our level of serotonin and dopamine, in turn, give us more mental energy, and we're not going to feel mentally fatigued. You don't actually have to feel gratitude to produce the happy chemicals, although it would be great if you did. You just have to force yourself to think about something you're grateful for. The thoughts alone of gratitude will, in turn, make you feel happier. Number two, recognizing your negative feelings produce positive effects. So there is an amazing amount of power in simply recognizing your negative emotions. I don't know if you've ever been in this state before of having a negative emotion and just brushing it off or or putting it under the rug, as they say. And I've experienced this before in my past. And it's basically once you have negative thoughts, once you start to spiral down that negative uh, well, if you will, you get trapped. The way your brain works is it looks for easier options. And the easiest option is actually suffering because your brain is used to it. So if you think a negative thought like, oh, I'm not going to be successful or oh, I'm never going to lose that weight or I'm never going to get out of debt. These are, these are the three most common things that people actually worry about and fear on a daily basis. So once you get into those thoughts, let's just say, okay, I'm never going to get out of debt. We start with that thought. Instead of recreating a positive thought process for yourself, because when you are so mentally fatigued, you can't possibly think of a positive thought. So your brain immediately thinks, what's the easiest way to get out of this? I'm going to go back to suffering. So it looks to go to suffering, which means you then in turn go to another another negative thought. And that's how we spiral out of control. And what we teach at neuroathletics is 
catch those negative emotions when they arise? How do we catch a negative emotion when it arises and immediately anchor it into a positive emotion? Now, it's not easy. It's not simple. And that's why a lot of people in our day and age are negative. A lot of people are just plain negative because that's the how we are teaching ourselves to be in this world. We are teaching ourselves how to be constantly negative because we don't know how to really get into a positive state. So when uh, there was a study that I read and it showed that words are powerful regulators of emotion processing. And when labeled negative emotions, the fMRI scans of these subjects' brains showed that their emotions calmed down. That means that this effect also works when we label the emotions of other people, so they calm down too. This psychological phenomenon is the basis of FBI hostage negotiators. So what does that mean? It basically means that it's powerful to recognize that, hey, that's a negative emotion. Hey, you, that's a negative emotion. Because once we recognize it, once we see it in front of our faces, we're able to then turn it off and switch it off or just anchor it. But here's the thing, if we're not aware, if we're walking around unconsciously and we're not present and we're not able to pick up on our negative emotions, that's how we spiral out of control. So remember, with that second point, try and pick up on your negative emotions or even if somebody's around you and they've got a negative emotion, try and make them aware of it, pick it up and recognize it. And that's step one. Number three. Making a good enough decision can make you happier. The key is just to make a good enough decision. It doesn't have to be the perfect decision. You just need to decide. Trying to make the perfect decision can actually create more stress. How did I come about this? Well, at um, NeuroAthletics, we have a philosophy and our tagline is perform better, think faster and live longer. And When we go into the science of decision-making, when we speak at corporate events, we do the science of focus and the science of decision-making, what we found is that a lot of people were stressing themselves out because they were trying to make the perfect decision. And when we actually got into the nitty-gritty, we got into the actual science behind decision-making, we realized that a lot of people produce less cortisol when they make just a good enough decision. It's brick by brick, tiny little decisions will make the perfect decision in the end. Your emotions are overly involved in the decision-making process. So that's why it's, you've got to be so careful to not put all of your mental energy in making the perfect decision, but just making a small incremental decision that will lead to a better decision. Number four, helping people makes both parties happy. According to a world-renowned game designer, Nicole Lazario, there are four chemicals that activate happiness. They are dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, and oxytocin. There was an article that she wrote, and it states that helping others triggers a release of these chemicals. And also a Harvard study said that happy employees helped others, and they were 40% more likely to get a promotion. And in this study, it also showed that there are the same people who consistently provide social support to others. So what does that mean? It means that happy employees were the most likely to stay happy during times of stress. What does that mean? Well, you're creating retention for all of the people out there who own businesses or who are taking or who are leaders in a, in a company and you're taking care of employees. Focus on happiness. 
Stop focusing on metrics and data. Focus on how do I get my employees happier? When they're happier, they produce better results. I mean, revenue is a byproduct of how happy mentally and physically your employees are. So helping other people will always make you happier. Because just like Tony Robbins says, the secret to living is giving. So the more that you give, and it doesn't have to be in a financial aspect, it can be just in a, a, an emotional way. The more giving will make you happier because you will release these hormones and you will feel so much better within yourself. It's a, it's a type of fulfillment. So work on that one. And last but not least, number five, touching releases happy chemicals. So guys, it's been proven, it's a proven fact that humans are social animals, We need to feel love and acceptance from others. That's why our brains react to social exclusion in the same way that we react to physical pain. That being said, our brains are hardwired to interpret touch as social acceptance. So when we hug loved ones, we release oxytocin. I don't know if you know this, but oxytocin is also called the cuddle hormone. In short, it makes us happy when we're hugged by people that matter to us. It reduces the stress hormones, it, re- it decreases pain, it improves sleep, sleep quality and reduces fatigue. And I'm not sure if you know this, but one of a, a powerful, powerful strategy to dealing with someone who's actually having an anxiety attack is to hug them and get them really, really tight and give them as much pressure as they can because it releases oxytocin, which then in terms which then in turn calms them down and gets them into a relaxed state because when they're having an anxiety attack, they're obviously hyperventilating. So hugging and touching is can be so, so powerful. Guys. That's it for today. I hope you're having an awesome Monday. I hope these findings on happiness, which has been backed up by science, can help you to live a happier, more high-performing life. Have an awesome Monday. I'll talk to you soon.